Welcome to The Nine Line, your news and information source for healthcare-related issues impacting Southern Nevada veterans, and a production of the VA Southern Nevada Healthcare System. And now, here's your hosts, John Archiquette and Joshua Gray. Hi, welcome to the Nine Line Podcast. I'm your host, John Archiquette, and joining me in this brand new year is my co-host, Joshua Gray. Happy New Year, John. Happy New Year, buddy. Yeah, it's great to be back, and we got some new guests here today. It's going to be talking about some really cool stuff that, you know, it's always, when it's the new year, what does everybody always always focus on? Resolutions. Resolutions, yeah. what's right? Your, what's your resolution this year? To not have any resolutions. <laughs> I'm being contrary this very year. Very appropriate. That's very on brand for me, isn't it? Yeah. So I'm trying to do 10,000 steps every day. That's, okay. That's my and I'm, I'm helping you with that. We yeah, go out are. and we get some we get some steps in and, you know, we, we do some walk-in and, you know, everybody asks us if we're a couple and we're not, <laughs> you know. Just just a couple of walk-in buddies because I, I got to rehab my knee at a kickball injury from last year that I'm still working on uh, getting fixed. So. A kickball injury. Yep, that's, that's what happens great, when you're in your man. 30s and... <laughs> Tell me you're a millennial without telling me you're a millennial. <laughs> I know, right? Uh, but kind of on the topic of New Year's resolutions, uh, we have two brand new guests joining us from the Whole Health Coaching Program. And this is a, a really cool thing that uh, I think we're, we're kind of just starting. I'll let the, the two gentlemen here talk a little bit more about it. But um, joining us for the first time, we have Michael Lewis and David Carney. Welcome, gentlemen. Hey, how's it going? Great. Great to have you guys on. Okay, Michael, let's start with you. Tell us a little bit about yourself um, and what got you started with Whole Health Coaching Program. Yeah, I'm a uh, retired Navy vet. I spent 20 years. Um, I came on board here in November 2017 and working in nursing education. And uh, when Whole Health was first introduced, it was brought into the education uh, department. And fortunate for me, I had the uh, fortune of presenting along with Greg Mesa, the first uh, introduction to Whole Health class here. So, I've been, And it came around... I think around 2018, or late 2018, early 2019. So in a sense, I've been with whole, been a part of Whole Health from the beginning. David, let's move on to you. Um, what got you involved with Whole Health Coaching? Um, so I actually came here as an intern through Benefits. Um, I had been, after I finished my master's during COVID, so it, it kind of was a bad time to come back and to the healthcare field and so I, I just contacted Benefits and they, they sent me to Whole Health as an intern and that's where I got exposed to it and uh, just took off from there. So you're a Navy veteran yourself, right? Yeah, um, I spent three years uh, in the Navy uh, working on flight deck carrier and then got out and did a whole bunch of stuff in between so then and now, is is working with with veterans is that like a, something you're passionate about? Yeah, I've been wanting to do it for a really long time. Um, I found myself probably about 2010 missing and regretting getting out and just missing that that lifestyle. So I thought, what's the next best thing? I was working at the VA, but there was no VA in Las Vegas at the time, and once the hospital got here, I, I tried and tried and tried, but... Well, we're glad to have you here now. It's difficult <laughs> to get in the door here. Yeah. 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 Well, we're happy to have you here now. Thank and you. 
Uh, we're glad to have you working with veterans. Now, talking about the whole health coaching program, tell us a little bit about um, how that program was brought here. So, as far as I understand, it was instituted in other hospitals prior to this one, and we kind of adapted this la this last year. Yes, we just adopted models uh, models from other uh, hospitals. You know, to follow what they've implemented and to build a program. This program is in, it's in is in its infancy here. We're still trying to build it as we as we go along. As we mentioned earlier, yeah, we have two full-time coaches now, and while the department is is growing, it's still a push to try and promote it and getting getting it going all the way. So, walk us through like the whole health coaching process. What what happens from when a veteran first steps through your door? First and foremost, let me explain what coaching is. Coaching basically empowers the client to make meaningful changes that are motivating for them that they could sustain over time. The key tenet of uh, coaching is that the veteran is the expert on their life. They know what matters to them. They know what's important to them, and it's all focused on them. The veteran is an active participant, and they're expected to do most of the work. Where the coach comes into play is that our expertise is in the area of sustainable change, where we guide the veteran to self-discover strategies that they could maintain over, over a period of time, and they could move on from that. Okay, so you're more of the uh, the the guiding coach than like the the Bill Belichick hoodie coach barking <laughs> orders at people. Yes, and what I usually tell my veterans is that you are the bus driver. I'm just the conductor. Where you want to go, I go along with you. Okay, so that's it's great that you provide that kind of empowerment and, and things like yeah. that. Um, you know, coming from a, a coaching standpoint. Um, you know, do you have a lot of people who you look to as like inspirations, for like mentors that you've had in the past that you kind of channel in your coaching? Um, I've had some, uh, yeah, some good leaders that I, you know, that I take qualities from them. And even going through the going through the uh, whole health training coaching class, we had some very good mentors in there, very good example. And you take bits and pieces from everybody you encounter and try to incorporate that into your practice. What about you, David? Yeah, I. I just kind of I lean on my fellow coaches, um, especially the ones that I went through training with. We we have a teams group and we bounce ideas and um, things off of each other. And when you get stuck or you have come across something that you haven't done before, it, it's really nice to have that group of people that you can uh, talk to about it. You know, we're talking about, you know, resolutions earlier. Um, everybody has resolutions, and after about January or February, all of those, those go away. And, and you had mentioned that, you know, the veteran is in charge of their own health care. They're the ones making the decisions, and you use that kind of that conductor analogy. So what are the challenges that you have in trying to keep people focused when – you know that they, they come to you and they're like yeah we're going to make some changes and then they kind of see hey, this involves a lot of work um how do you how do you keep them engaged and keep them involved when that interest kind of starts to wane and, and maybe they don't want to do the work anymore you know one of the biggest things one of the biggest things that we have to do as coaches is that to be present with the uh, veteran i reassure my veterans it's when i'm with them that session is all about them it's not about me and what i try what we do with veterans to so have them set uh smart goals make it realistic and try to try to stick to that because i always use the analogy it's not a race it's a marathon it's not a sprint it's a marathon so small gains lead so we have to take these steps where it's manageable and so they don't suffer setbacks or get disappointment that they uh, that they just give up on the process 
what, what are some of the goals that you see veterans kind of setting for themselves? Are they just weight loss based or fitness based? Um, do you see a lot, a lot of financial goals? Like, what, what are the common ones? Uh, the most common one that I've encountered in my uh, in my group is basically weight loss goals, being healthy, uh, food and drink. You know, just those are the most common ones that I've encountered. So when we say whole health, right, he mentioned financial things. Um, I, I immediately think whole health. I think things like you just mentioned, you know, it's eating better, losing weight. What are, what are some of the other things that fall under kind of that, that realm of whole health coaching that, uh, that people might not think that, that you guys can actually help them with? So one of the things that I, so I have clients here at the VA and outside and so some of the things that I come across besides the diet, weight loss, nutrition is how to be able to relax and slow things down. Um, they just don't know how to give themselves that break um, from daily life. And they just, we call it autopilot. They just, you know, function on autopilot and don't pay attention to anything else. So that that's one of the things that I've come across is, People want to slow down. They want to find ways to to give themselves breaks, uh, taking vacations and just doing things that are, are not a part of their normal life. And, and that's hard, in, especially in today's society. Everybody's always connected on their phones. Like life goes at a million miles an hour, right? So so what are some of the techniques you use to, to tell them or guide them towards that? One of, uh, one of the things is when, you, when you're trying to set goals with a patient, try to figure out what do they want, what do you want to do, and then try to ask open-ended questions because they do most of the work. Why is this important? What matters? How important is this to you? And then you try, and one of the things that I do, why we do uh, EP is sort of elicit responses. We brainstorm. Okay, what have you tried? What works for you? Why is this important? And what have you tried in the past? Have you had successes in the future that allows you to get to this? And we go back to those. And based on what their feedback, and sometimes as a coach, I ask permission if I could share my own experience with what I do that works for me. And most of the time, the veterans are open, and sometimes just sharing what works for you and what works for them. They pick up on that and say, hey, you know what? I could try that. You know, that may work for me. And so it's just trying to understand where the veterans are, meeting them where they are, and then build a... Um, do goal setting, realistic goal setting, to get them where they want to be. So what would be the story that you share with them? What's the, what's the, the thing that you've done that works for you that you would share with those veterans? I've, sure, I've had experience with one veteran. He was having trouble sleeping. And during our sessions, he always talked about music. Mm-hmm. And so after my third session, I said, okay, what are your thoughts on music? What does music does for you? He said it makes him feel better. It relaxes him a bit. So I asked permission to share with him what I do. And I said, uh, what I do at night, I wind down an hour before I go to sleep and put music on. And it relaxes me, prepares me for bed. Mm-hmm. And what do you think about that? He was like, okay, you know what, I'll try that. And the next week, I got a call when I coached with the veteran. He was like, oh, my God, that's a life changer. I didn't, that music changed my life. I had the answer right in front of me, but I didn't see music as something that could help me until you brought up your perspective, you shared your perspective with me. And ever since then, it was, you know, it's, we've always discussed that, even on the close-out, that just 
winding down, listening to music for an hour before it get enabled him to get good quality of sleep. So it sounds like you, you really have to develop like a knowledge of this veteran or, or really like develop a relationship with them. How many veterans do you guys typically work with? Uh, during the week, I see between five and ten. But one of the key tenets is that you have to develop trust with that veteran. Yeah. You have to develop that trust and respect their space and see what's important to them and keep the focus on them. Because without that trust, that veteran trust in you, you won't get any engagement. And that's the key to that, developing that relationship to let the veteran, you know what, this person really cares about me mm-hmm. and wants what's best for me. Yeah, you have you have to build that rapport with them. Um, and like Mike said, the, the trust. The tools that, that we use and the things that we talk about with our veterans can be deeply personal. Um, coaching can be highly emotional. Um, you're, you've got people that, that have gone, you know, their, their whole post-military, you know, life just living certain ways, being, you know, states of depressions, overeatings, and they've finally maybe something happened that's forcing them to make a change. And for a lot of them fill out what we use as our personal health inventory and Mike and I have a different term, but it's the document of truth. You've got to sit there and be honest with yourself and rate yourself. And a lot of these people find that, you know, they haven't been truthful and that that can be highly emotional and personal. So if you don't have that rapport or that relationship with your coach, it's not going to it's not going to work. So it sounds like this is something where the real work doesn't doesn't start happening until session three, four, five, six, right? Yeah, it could start as, as soon as the veteran is ready. And one of the things that David mentioned about the PHI, I always explain to the veteran, this is a self-assessment tool. This is not a shaming document. This is asking questions about you to see where you are. And we use this document to look at areas of strength and areas where you may discover that hey, I need help in this area, Gives you help guides you to get a focus area. And so whenever the veteran, and sometimes in sessions, I have veterans ready from the second session, okay, this is my area of focus, I want to focus on this, and I want to make changes in this area. So it all depending on that rapport and the trust that you build with the veteran and explaining the whole process, give them a whole understanding that this is about you, this is all about you, it's not about me, as I said, you're the bus driver. I'm just along for the ride. Yeah. How beneficial has it been for both of you to to have a veteran background when it comes to building that trust? Do you, do you find that it that it helps you build that trust a little bit more as opposed to maybe if you you didn't have that military background? Absolutely. I think it's very important because when you explain that to veterans and you could share similar stories, and one of the things sometimes that I do, I would ask veterans, "What was your rank? What did you do in the military?" And sometimes just addressing them by what their rank was that goes. A long way, it's like, wow, it goes a long way. So there are keys that I use having that veteran that I could relate to veterans on a certain level. And I think that they're a lot more open and trusting of a fellow veteran than somebody who would not be. Yeah, that that's absolutely right. Um, just having that the same mentality, I guess, um, gives you a leg up from the start. They, they, you on some level know what they've been through and they you know can reciprocate that when it when they're looking at you oh yeah it's kind of some baked in credibility right yeah yeah Yeah, it's i mean 
and it always helps because we all have that playful you know banter mm -hmm. between the branches yeah so you know it, when you can start off with with that and that mutual you know basic level of re respect they it helps break down the walls a little bit faster you have some people that it doesn't matter it's just going to take a while well sure know? it's tough to try to explain you know why you have PTSD to somebody who doesn't even you know know what an IED is or you know it can't identify with what it's like to leave your family for six months to a year in a war zone um, you know to be able to, to talk to someone who has been through situations like that it, it makes it easier to open up yeah. so. you know and I've heard a couple of my clients come in it's like oh finally I'm talking to somebody who sort of understand what I'm going through somebody like me who understand what I'm going through and can relate to it mm -hmm. and so to me that's you know hearing that is validation why I do what I do. You know, it just makes it even more meaningful to me to do that. So we're going to take a quick break and we will be back with the Whole Health Coaches, David and Michael. You're listening to The Nine Line, a production of the VA Southern Nevada Healthcare System. We'll be back with more right after this. This is the story of a very special woman. Just a few knew about her superpowers. In a matter of seconds, she turned herself into a great mathematician. She masqueraded as a regular person at work, but as a superhero at home. Everyone knows her as Gabriella. I still call her mom. Your hero needs you now, and AARP is here to help. Find the care guides you need to help, complete with tips and resources at aarp.org caregiving. Brought to you by AARP and the Ad Council. It was a normal day. He was in some minor accident, a fender bender. And I had this impulse to call him, but I didn't, because I thought I could call him later that week. He abandoned the car, he came home, and he shot himself without ever talking to anyone. When I came home that night and I found her, they told me that she had shot herself. And I couldn't believe it. I asked if he was okay. Shooting is unfortunately effective. There are not a lot of second chances. Once you pull that trigger, that's it. There is no coming back. 63 Americans a day die by gun suicide. By storing our guns safely, locked, unloaded, and away from ammo, we can give our loved ones a second chance at life. Learn more at endfamilyfire.org. Brought to you by Brady and the Ad Council. Welcome back to The Nine Line, Southern Nevada's source for veteran-related healthcare news and information. Here's your hosts, John Archiquette and Joshua Gray. Welcome back to The Nine Line Podcast. John and Josh here with Michael and David from the Whole Health Coaching Program. Uh, David, we talked a little bit about before how you work with both civilians and uh, veterans um, in a you know facility outside the VA, what's the difference you see between you know coaching veterans and coaching civilians? Uh, coaching civilians is a lot harder. Really? Um, yeah. So it, from from my experience, the the clients just don't know what they want, and. Help, trying to help them narrow down and focus on, you know, a goal or an action step of achieving a goal is a lot, a lot harder with civilians. Um, with veterans, it's really easy because I, I can use 
terms like you know your mission mm-hmm. you know that that's a trigger term for a veteran of you know now they they have a new mission that they need to lose 20 pounds so they can come off their cholesterol medication so when i ask them well what is your mission and they say oh i want to lose 20 pounds okay what are you going to do to lose that 20 pounds so we can create those action steps and on the civilian side it's more of they just want to have a a conversation and they want me to tell them what to do and i'm not a therapist i'm i'm not here to listen to your problems and give you you know the the solutions or the magic pill that it's not what coaching is about so civilian side is is a little harder and especially when you get into you know paying clients they, they there's a whole nother added level to it sure well i would think that you know with with veterans like you said having a, a mission or having an objective um you know okay this is what i need to get done this is how i need to go to, about to accomplish it this is the you know measurables in which i need to attain that um you know that is one thing that like Regardless of the branch of service, we do all have kind of that those same goal-oriented uh, structure. So, yeah, I guess that makes sense. So, we were talking about the, uh, the the different stages of the whole health coaching process. Michael, can you kind of walk us through, um, you know, what those stages look like? Yeah. We got four stages of um, when you go through the coaching process. The first one, the first stage is that you you explore the map. Map is mission, aspiration, and purpose, and that's the term that you hear in a whole health over and over. Now, how do we do that? You know, as coaches, we ask open-ended questions, you know, and value-based, like what's important to them, you know, and to help them, and what's their purpose in their life. The second stage is you reflect, you assess, and you refocus the veteran. How do we do that? You guide the veteran through the PHI, the areas of strength, what areas they want to make change in, and you focus on the strengths because that's what's most important. We don't focus on where they're weak, but we focus on what the strengths and what strategies have worked for them in the past to help them get to where they want to be. The third one is we develop an action plan for them. Hey, it's time on it has to be smart. You know, what are your goals? How long do you need this for? How often? Specific and all that because we have to make it smart so as not to have the veterans suffer setback. And the last step is that you execute that plan with the veterans. How do we do that? We support the veteran in, in their execution of the plan. We engage the veteran in active reflection as, okay, what have you learned during this process of change? What have changed about you? What have you learned about yourself? And what areas of strength that you've discovered? And where do you want to meet forward? So this is all kind of based, based on the original PHI that you do with the veteran? And what the veteran chooses as their area of focus so you work towards it, go, yes. Now, if you see that there is an area, based on the PHI, there's an area where the veteran seems to need a little bit more coaching, um, but it may be not an area that they identify through their plan. Um, do you ever step in and say, like, hey, like maybe we can do a little bit more to work towards you know, this particular aspect? Um, no, it's all driven by the veteran. But the question that we always use once we've gotten the first action step and working on one area, follow-up question up and sessions down in the future is, is there any other area you'd like to address? Okay. Because again, the veteran has to tell me, I want to do this. Is there any other areas you want to address? Because you always go back to the PHI, because that's a very important document in the process. You look at these areas, but it's all up to the veteran. How does a veteran come to you? 
are they referred to you by like their primary care physician is it something where they just kind of go you know what i could use some coaching oh they have this program how does how does a veteran end up in front of you well they got to take intro to whole health first that's a self-scheduled class um and we go over everything that about whole health coaching all of our different programs and then from there we can refer them into coaching and when we go into our, the charting system, when we put in the referral, it will send a notification to their primary care doctor to sign off on that the referral. So that's one way. Another way is they are referred to us from um, another program. So like GeroFit can refer us, di- diabetes, their primary care. It, it's all ref- referral based. And I'm just kind of wondering if it's a lot of times if it's, you know, like resolutions, that's something I do internally. Right. Uh, or if it's something that, you know, somebody who's helping them manage their care looks at them and says, you could really do with some coaching. Like I, I was just trying to figure out how how folks if it if it's more veteran driven or if it's kind of driven more through their care process. I think it's both because some veterans are after intro they really hey I want to participate and I do the referral and some it's driven by the provider that hey I think this will work for you but with that come challenges as well sometimes because when the veteran come in it's like oh when we ask the question as we talk about illicit provider illicit okay what have you learned about coaching what did anybody tell you about coaching well nothing my doctor just says I need to be here (laughs) 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 and then you explain I don't well you know, I explained to them what coaching is. We go over the agreements, and I said, oh, do you want to participate? And some veteran will flat out say, no, I don't want to do this. But I reassure them that this service is there, that we're here for them. Whenever they decide, should they decide in the future that they want to participate, it's always here for them. So. Well, you know, they say you can lead a horse to water, but you can't make them drink. Uh, but, you know, if you have a situation like, say you have an example of a veteran who has a conviction for a DUI and has weight issues that are probably reflected somehow of drinking and maybe has marital issues that probably are somehow tied into drinking yet they don't really list stopping drinking as one of their goals is there a way that you can kind of like encourage that veteran to maybe look at something that's obvious in front of them one of the things that i do is listen because one of the key tenets is listening to the veterans and and i during the agreement i you know, veterans are informed that if I hear something that I think that they may need your help, it's my duty and obligation to mm-hmm. say, you know, I will suggest it. You know, I'll make a referral for this. Because I've had instances where I've referred veterans to the MOVE program. Working with them, they're like, oh, you know what, that really work. I think that this would be a very good program for you. I explain to them the benefits of it. Mm-hmm. They're like, okay, I'll try that. And you just do that. So you guys really so, do kind of like work interoperably with other aspects of the hospital to kind of like encourage veterans to to really you know explore their whole health for lack of a better term absolutely yeah um you know talking with some of the other programs within whole health you need a lot of you know yoga and things like that there's a lot of concentration on mindfulness so what what does mindfulness do with regards to whole health coaching you know mindfulness is a very important aspect of it because mindfulness is just the ability to stay present at the moment without judgment you know because too many times in our lives we're running around and automatic we don't stop time we don't take time to stop for ourselves and focus on us and what mindful allows us all to be present and just focus on mindfulness practices could be happening anything you could just stop and listen to what's going on in your body your breathing 
or just sitting outside listening to nature, you could practice mindfulness anywhere at all. And with that allows you just that time for yourself to focus inwards on you, which is a very important aspect of whole health and which every individual could use in their daily lives. I just wish I could listen to nature here and not hearing jet planes flying overhead all day. <laughs> That's the sound of freedom, oh, man. Oh, sorry. Yeah. Did you, did you, you were in the Air Force. You don't remember this? I know. Come I know. On. I'm well aware. <laughs> <laughs> I've spent the last 20 years of my life living either near a military base or on a military base. It's also the sound yeah. of us doing a podcast not in a professional radio studio. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, David, did you have a lot of experience working with mindfulness, either through your uh, civilian or VA practice? Um. I wouldn't say a ton. Um, so I've only been really exposed to it s- since May um, of last year. But I can say that it, it does work. I was that person that um, just went through life on autopilot, didn't pay attention to a whole lot. And um, I, I came in here, I had a bunch of health issues and through mindfulness and through uh, other things from whole health, I've been able to reduce a lot of that. Um, so it, it does work. I, you know, one of the things I do in my coaching is I, when I, after I check in the patient and I make sure everything in, at, is stable with them, I do a mindful moment with them. It's as simple as just taking a minute and walking them through a, a breathing exercise and just kind of letting go of all stress that you had coming in to the door. So when you walk through the door into our, our clinic for your appointment, um, we want you to be as stress-free as possible so you can, you can work on what you want to work on. Yeah, because I guarantee you as soon as they leave that office, they're probably going to go into traffic or go back to work or, or some other situation in which there will be a stressor. So yeah, having that, that kind of that reset button, um, I think through, through coaching is, is pretty cool. It's an awesome, awesome thing. What kind of qualities do you guys think are required in a coach? You know, qualities of a coach, one, you have to be respectful. A veteran space. Uh, you have to be present and hold space with that veteran that when you're in that space for the veteran to know, hey, this is all about you, I'm here with you. And I make that clear to the veteran, this is not about me, this is about you. Um, you have to be mindful again, come back to mindfulness. You know, you have to practice self-awareness and be cognizant of your own biases because we all carry biases sometimes when we hear certain things. And we have to be self-aware and know that, you know what, that can't come into play. Key quality is listening. You have to be able to listen with it without judgment. Mm-hmm. You know, give the veteran space to speak, you know, and you have to be willing to learn as well from the veterans because you could learn something from your own clients. And um, and I think one of the key also is being empathetic. Yeah, so. Um, I think it's important, like Mike just touched on, was uh, having empathy. Um, you, you need to be able to be sympathetic, but also be, have the ability to disassociate um, from it. I think it's good that you, when you have coaches that have different qualities and different abilities and different styles, um, because each client is gonna be different. So you may have one 
one coach that is better suited for one type of client and another coach that's better suited for another's. And so it, having different qualities um, is is good. I don't think there should just be a, a standard of this is what a coach needs to be like. You just mentioned that you know some coaches may be better for a certain person than a, than a different coach. Do you ever do you ever run into instances where you you see uh, you have somebody in front of you and you go, you know what, I'm not the guy for you. Let me let me send you over to to this individual over here. Is that does that have is that common? Um, so I actually came across that yesterday uh, when I was teaching uh, intro. It was the first time I've been able to teach it in person. Um, it was at the Southeast Clinic, and I had a few people in there, and there was a c- couple of them that I was like, "Wow, these they're they're good, you know, for me. They'd be a good fit for coaches." And there was one guy I was just like, "This is this is a a Mike <laughs> client. <laughs> this, this guy is because I I'm a little softer by nature, mm-hmm. and um, I I tend to." I don't want to say be walked on or stepped on, but I, I will give my, my clients a little leeway. But there's there's some patients that I know need somebody that, you know, that's got Mike's style. And Mike's going to lay down the law when the law needs to be laid down. And so I, that's where I think it's good that we have contrasting personalities and contrasting styles that, so we can say, hey, you know, you're not a good fit, but my uh, my partner coach is. Give him the good coach, the good coach, bad coach. Yeah, yeah oh, we're both good coaches. It's just, yeah. it's just one of those. Mike things. is the guy that will lay down the law. Yeah, it's just one of those things. They'll be able to just redirect the, the client to, hey, this is the conversation. I know you want to. It's just redirect respectfully. You know, mm-hmm. redirect. Hey, come back to the point that we're here about. You know, just the ability to do that. Sometimes you need a Jimmy V. Sometimes you need a Bobby Knight. Right? Yeah, <laughs> Mike is the Bobby Knight. Yeah. I, I think it's funny. Just making an observation here. You know, you, yeah. you, you think about in the terms of like cowboys, and you got the white hat and the black hat. Yeah. You're wearing white. You're wearing black. <laughs> and I think that's you know, that's just kind of a very funny analogy right yep. now. That's you know, <laughs> and one of the other qualities of coaching too, because you know you have to be open and accepting of the people sitting in front of you. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and that's one of the keys also, you know, and that's where it comes, the non-judgmental approach to it, you know. And there are instances where I just have to catch myself and take a deep breath. Okay, Mike, breathe. Come on, get rid of that bias. Just clean it. But that's just human nature. But the ability to be self-aware and recognize that in yourself, you know, and take control of that is very important as well. Well, this sounds like an outstanding program. And I want to thank both of you gentlemen for joining us today. This has uh, been very enlightening. And. Um, I'm looking forward to hearing more stuff for the whole health coaching program. And, uh, you know, keep your, uh, keep your resumes handy because you never know, next year the Raiders might need a coach and uh, you guys can, you know, <laughs> move yeah, on. One, up. One, <laughs> one, one thing I learned today is that Bill Belichick would not be a good whole health coach. Oh, no. That's, yeah. that's what I learned, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, well, thank you gentlemen very much for joining us today and uh, we will see everyone in two weeks. You've been listening to The Nine Line, a production of the VA Southern Nevada Healthcare System. For more information about what the VA is doing for Nevada's veterans, check out our official webpage at www.lasvegas.va.gov or follow us on our Facebook page at facebook.com slash Las Vegas VA. Thanks for listening.